Hello and welcome to White Centipede Noise Podcast. I'm Oscar Brummel, and today my guest is Greg of the Honorable Texas-based label Dada Drumming and the long-running Harsh Noise Project, A Fail Association. If you're a fan of White Centipede Noise Podcast, please consider supporting it via Patreon. For just five years a month, you get access to WCN TV content. And for 10 years a month, you can join the Maniac Circle, which gives you access to WCN TV premium content, the Maniac Circle Discord server, and regular giveaways as my thanks to you. Without Patreon support, this show is not possible, so please head over to patreon.com slash noise to check out what you can do to support the show. An extra special thank you to heavy sponsors of the podcast, John Ingram, Tony Stovic, and DF. Now on to Greg. Greg, um, welcome to White Centipede Noise Podcast. Thank you so much for awesome. taking the time to meet with me. Great to finally meet and yes. uh, that we got to do this. And um, before I introduce you and give the people my take on who you are and what you do, can you please introduce yourself? I'm Greg. I run uh, Dada Drumming and also uh, Fail Association since 2003. Both of them since 2003. Okay. I live in Fort Texas. The almighty Texas. Yeah. So you're from Texas, and that's always been a big part of, I think, the label's identity and your project's identity. And, you know, Texas noise is something you ch- you, you champion pretty hard. I do. What, how, how is Texas different from the, from the rest of the United States, and what do you like about it? Well, I wasn't born here. I'm, I'm actually from New York. I'm a New Yorker, native New Yorker. Uh, really? But I got to Texas as fast as I could. As they say down here, you know, uh, well, there's just a different vibe here. And I don't know if it's the atmosphere, uh, you know, the, the weather, the heat. Uh, it's just it really is just a really, really especially in Houston. Now, I, I lived in Houston originally when I moved to Texas. Uh, I only moved to Fort Worth after me and my wife separated um, and I've stayed here the whole time. But Houston, I mean, it's flat water everywhere if it rains you know if it rains if it rains for 10 minutes it's gonna flood mm-hmm. and it's just a really really different vibe down there westheimer the whole scene in houston is is it really really it's, it's really really i don't want to say it's a strange vibe but it's just it's just different it's just different yeah. than new york new york city gritty you know i lived in new york city uh it's gritty it's you know it, what you see on tv houston i think is even dirtier or it was. It may not be anymore. I think they probably cleaned it up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a different vibe. I mean, you can tell that by Richard's stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really is a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you were you living in Houston when Richard was really active? Yeah, I, mean, he's no, I been, was. He's been really active kind of the entire time. Yeah, but, I mean. I was. I was living in. I moved to Houston in 1991. And wow. then came to Fort Worth in 1998. And. I tell to tell you the truth, I never heard of noise, Richard Ramirez, Black Leather Jesus, Deadline Recordings, the whole time. And I knew a lot of people who were in the industrial scene, and I hung yeah. out in Westheimer, uh, Numbers, the famous club down in in, in West, on Westheimer in Houston. Uh, yeah. Hung out with a bunch of those types down there. Never heard of it. I mean, it was. Com- You're talking about underground. That's underground. 
You know, yeah. what I, you know, it's not even there until you, until yeah, I yeah, got yeah. until I got to Fort Worth, and then uh, I just was looking for more music, and I, and eventually I found Noise uh, through you know just a weird way to get there. Um, yeah. MP3.com is honestly one of the one of the one of the largest influences on my music listening post 1998. Uh, for sure. You find yeah. uh, everything. That's how I found Rabies Cast. That's how I found uh, Left Handed Decision back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I found Zome, uh, Ames Sanglantes, Fuck the Facts. You know, a shit ton of bands that I still listen to to this day. Uh, Death Squad. Death Squad. Yeah. For, when I heard Death Squad, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, I was an instant fan. I've been a fran- fan of, of Michael uh, this whole time. In fact, I just bought his uh, his book with the CDs in it. I'm excited for that. I'm I'm getting you, I, the, getting any day, actually actually tomorrow UPS is delivering a big box of them, I hope. And it is amazing. Yeah. Amazing amazing looking. For a hundred bucks. I mean I was like yeah. really? hundred bucks? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Take yeah, my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, killer. So so <laughs> you were in Houston but not mm-hmm. I mean I I always been curious about that. I mean that's something when I talked to Scott Scott Houston about I've always been cu- curious about the Houston scene because there's this deadline catalog and it's so full of so many names and so many releases and d- different people too. And a lot of them you just don't know who they are. And it's like, I'm, I, I, I always am wondering, was it, was it maybe just a small network of people just doing their own thing and kind of sure. in retrospect looks like a big scene or was it really like a, you know, that's always fascinating to me. Like what the well, real life. Huge, but I didn't know about it when I lived there. Yeah. There yeah. could have been 50 people, 60 people, 70 people doing it. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. ask Richard. Yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of projects are Richard, though. But yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad no, it's thing. Very cool. Yeah. No, it's very cool. And, and that's something. That's another thing I like about. Or that's I. I talked to my last guest, Robert Fuchs, about this. Is like kind of this this notion of, of a noise label, like. A noise label just becomes a noise label in some sense when you make five copies of something and put it together yourself and give it to someone. Yeah. When you decide to make multiple copies of something, you become a label. And then you put a little – you decide, OK, I'm going to put a little – Name on Title, label yeah. on it, and that's a label, you know? But, you know, it's maybe just – but you, you can kind of create this interesting illusion of, of what you're doing. Not, not illusion, but you can kind of – No, illusion's the right word. Illusion's the right word. <laughs> create this other world you know you can kind of create a, a new a b- bigger importance than you know just just i made something and i record it here it is you can Especially make free internet yeah exactly free the proliferation of the internet yeah you could have 75 releases on your label all from different names and they could all be you exactly, and exactly. Never know. yeah never know. you'd never know until now yeah. <laughs> you know i know, now I know, I know. know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's like you know you and I like the way I like the way people talk about something. Oh, I warehouse find, or I gotta check the storage space. It's like most most of these so called warehouses look like this, you know, a living room with a shelf. Yeah, right there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I I, I, I really like that. Funny. It's funny you say that because I remember reading uh, Alt Dot Noise back in the day, the Usenet group. That's and that's mm-hmm. how I found a lot of stuff too, uh, and it was all posts. There were always like they were you know basically like they were sony records <laughs> you yeah, know yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was always funny to read that stuff i mean but who knows you know they may be huge all you're reading is words on the internet you know I you know. don't know the guy from germany actually have some warehouse 
where you know yeah. he's got fifteen thousand copies of this this yeah. record by Operation Clean Sweep. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think it's even cooler than when you when you meet some of these people, or you get like the inside scoop, and you realize, oh, this is like someone had just made made this in the kitchen. They 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 hand pasted yeah. this stuff together, and it's like, yeah. and it's really you know, that it means more. intimate. It means much more because much when you go, more. this dude had hands on this. You exactly. know, he put, put it together himself. He pressed exactly. record on the tape. Exactly. I, that, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, so a, lot old, a lot of the old tapes from the '90s and 2000s that I have, I, I, I will never get rid of them. I'm not going to sell them. You know, there's no reason to because they had hands on them. Yeah, people yeah. actually physically made these. Exactly. You know, exactly. Bled blood on on the gauze. You know, like in the G Horsters tape I have from uh, Mother Savage. You know, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah, you know, that type of stuff. Exactly. So, so Dada Drumming was a label that when I kind of got into noise in the mid 2000s was really active and it was kind of like an institution at the time um can you tell me about the origins of the label and what made you want to start a label in the first place what made me want to start the label in the first place was re- to release the deadly orifice praying god split that's why i got it got started i think they were talking about doing the release and trying to find a label to do it or if they couldn't find anybody to do it and we're talking about this is back on the Noiseman 433 board. Were you ever there? Mm-hmm. No. Nope. You, you, okay. This is pre-Tronics board, uh, Noiseman 433. And there was a subsection of it for people, you know, just the weirdos, basically. Senseless destruction. And that's where Kevin Novak hung out, Robert hung out, Eddie Yard hung out, Scott 444, Dion from Black and Matt Black Mayonnaise. All these guys were all there. And uh, it was kind of like a containment forum, like you would call it today, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it, it was, honestly, it was better than the main board as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And so they were talking, I was like, I'll do it. I'll yeah. release it, I'll do it out right now, you know? And so that's how the Dada Drumming became. And I'll be honest with you, I had no intentions whatsoever to start a label. I yeah. didn't, none. I was just, I, I liked noise. You know, I liked noise before I found any of that stuff, uh, the board and, people I, I liked noise i bought it uh and listened to it and uh i was just gonna make noise i was gonna be content with that but then that one thing happened and now here i am yeah and and the diversion i thought of was i want to stay on this track of the label but one thing i've always heard stories about deadly orifice or i've heard something about deadly orifice but i don't know much about deadly orifice at all can you Tell me and tell the people who is at the orifice and what he was all about or is all about. Uh, he is noise incarnate, I think. Honestly, he is—he's really, really passionate about noise. He's a little nuts, and he's been banned from a lot of places because of his antics. Um, he's messed up more than a few shows, I think. And uh, but I've always kind of like been the dad yeah. figure for him, you know. I yeah. kind of. You know, he stayed at my house. I've, you know, I've picked him up from places, given him money, done things like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, re- I respect Robert a lot, and he knows a lot about noise, a lot okay. about noise, pre-internet. You know, yeah. uh, he's he's he is stuck in the internet to this day. But Robert knows a lot about noise. He's very knowledgeable about, no- about noise. He's very knowledgeable about making noise as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he's as far as I'm concerned, he's a great guy. A lot of people don't like him in Texas. Uh, a lot of people won't have them at their house. Sure. Won't have them at their shows. 
Why? Well, he, senseless destruction. How about that? Okay. He ends up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, we all used to drink heavily. Yeah. And heavily. And a lot of shows were just disasters because we were all drunk. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kevin would tell you if you asked him about that. He, like, he had to, like, help me plug in my gear. <laughs> you know, shit was backwards and nothing was working right. And it's just because we're so drunk. I mean, honestly, like, fucking drunk. That's just the yeah. way it was. I don't yeah. drink anymore. I've been sober for 10, 11 years. Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely straight edge, basically. That's great. Um, but he would drink, and he would start to mouth off or start to break things and start to do this and start to do that. And, you know, it, it, a lot of it came to a head at the Justin Yeldum show in Denton. Uh, there's, there's like an internet fable about that show where he, you know, was arrested and, like, beat a woman up. and he, But none of that happened. Yeah, none of that actually happened. Yeah, he did try to stand in front of a train and kill himself, but I saved him from that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And then I had to take him home in my car, and he bled all over my car. Yeah, Jeez. but yeah, there's stories out there that that he was actually arrested and all kinds of stuff happened, but it never happened. Okay, I I, I made that not happen for him. Okay, good. Yeah. Is there, what's yeah. he up to today? Uh, he lives in Austin. He's not involved in the noise scene besides what I do with stuff that I have from him with the, uh, uh, with our AFDOA, I ever say. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I've done two tapes so far um, with that because I have, I have some of his material still. And he sends me videos every once in a while of him rambling and saying things. And I'll, I'll run that through some gear and record it. <laughs> and, and then I'll, I'll make another tape at some point. I've got all the titles for the next tape already cool. uh, i just need to actually make it but i'm so far behind on a bunch of other stuff i need to do that that may sure back burner but i'm supposed to do at some point hopefully he will actually do something for me a deadly orifice motive split whoa nice that's killer yeah 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 and he's he both of them are all for it so awesome. hopefully we'll get that at some point that would be great yeah. so so but he's kind yeah. of a legend in the noise scene in texas but definitely but for not reasons that you want to be a legend, I guess. Right. Unless you're Robert, you know. Yeah. Then you are. Yeah. yeah. Killer. That's. Uh, I. I. I know. I know a character. I mean, I. Th I think a lot of cities have similar yeah. characters. There's. A, there's a different, but there's. There's a. There's a guy in Minneapolis that's. That's you know. I have the same kind of sentimentality towards him. Yeah. He's. In some way, uh, also a genius, but he's also been yeah, yeah. a terrible, terrible, uh, destructive nuisance to a lot of people. And you know, but yeah, that's a, I, I, I definitely have a soft spot for such such characters. Yeah, I would, say, I would say Robert genius. I really do. Huh? Yeah, honestly, I've yeah. known him long enough, and I've seen I've seen what he's capable of, and I've seen what he's done, and I've heard him talk, and I've seen him write, and I I, I believe he's a genius. Yeah, yeah, noise genius maybe. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't have enough stuff out there. I mean, uh, Ron put out his record, so he thought enough of him to do that. That's killer. Yeah. Okay, so so back 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 to the label, back to Dada drumming. Um, so you know, we kind of just have talked about this idea of what is a label and when it does it become a label and why do you start a label? What is your, in your opinion, what is the purpose of a label? To put out music. Put out music. And, you know, and what are the responses like? But what are the responsibilities of a label, like towards the artists, towards the scene, towards yourself? You know, what 
What are some things that you making sure making sure they get paid? You know, making sure they get copies or money. You know, I mean, artists should always get paid. As far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah. you should you should always get paid. Uh, it's your like money. It's your well, yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. if you're if you're doing a major release, you know, and you you should offer. I've offered, and some yeah. people have said no. Some yeah. people have said yes, and right. I don't have any problem. And I've I've paid people to to create the work. Yeah. I've got money out right now to people for create to create the work. Yeah, uh, and I think that's kind of important. Uh, it probably doesn't happen a lot in the noise scene, but I think uh, I think you show respect to people yeah. that way. Yeah, but let's let's be fair. You're not going to give somebody five hundred dollars to give to make them a C to make a C twenty. You know, it's just right. not going to happen. It's just not right. Gonna happen. Uh, yeah. A tape, a tape. You know, that's we're going to deal with copies there. Yeah, yeah. Unless that's he a- lives, you know, or she lives, you know, on the other side of the world, and they would much rather just get money in lieu of the copies, then that's that's an accommodation that should be made, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting, because I, th- I think that's very uncommon in the noise scene. And, I mean, I understand why people don't have that at their disposal all the time, but, what, yeah, don't you think that should be done more? And maybe... Major, major artists, and I can, when, I, when I say major artists, I mean major artists in the noise scene. You know, people who have been around for a long time. Should, yeah. They, I, don't, I wouldn't say they should command the respect from them to you, but yeah. they should command the respect from you to them. Yeah, I think Honestly. that's right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think that's an important, important thing to remember, I think, is, you know, yeah. younger people get involved. It's not that, you know, you need to, like, kiss ass to somebody. I think showing respect to, to people is always a it's good thing. It's not kissing ass, and it's not, you know, it's not exactly. stroking them. It's exactly. just a matter of showing them respect. Hey, they've been doing this for 20 years. And yeah, exactly. They're you know, they're good musicians. It's not about, yeah. you know, beep, boop, 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 boop. It's they're good musicians. They know what they're yeah. doing. Uh, they should they should, uh, they should get the respect of the community for that. Exactly. And, and, I also, and, and, on that, and on that point, on that point, uh, Akihiro uh, Shimizu, third organ, was telling me that he he asked somebody to take down something that had, they had put up, and they gave him a bunch of shit about it on YouTube, I guess. And uh, you know, just talked really bad to him, really down to him. And I don't. That's just you. Just don't. You, I mean, do you know who this guy is? Right. I mean, yeah. maybe it doesn't matter to you, but it, ma- it matters to me. And I told him, I said, man, if I ever find out who this guy is, I'll, I'll, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see if something can happen about it. It just ain't. Yeah. It's just not. No, it's not right. And I think that's an interesting situation with the band camp thing nowadays too. Is that I think it's sort of the norm that people just upload when they really say a tape. They upload uh-huh. it to Bandcamp and, you know, sell the digital copies for whatever and uh-huh. usually don't really check with the artist or offer to split, you know, digital yeah. sales or anything like that. And I think that's yeah, that's just bizarre that people don't think of that. Digital sales should be 50-50. After recoup, after recoup, you should, be, you should be paying somebody 50% of what you make on Bandcamp. If Absolutely. you're not, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it completely Absolutely. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you don't make any money, eh, well, that's a different story. You know, I mean, right. you just have to wait until you do. But you should always know when you do. Yeah. And when you do, you should start cutting that cutting that pie up. Yeah. Guys should make money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People should make money. And I think it's also like if you're an artist, you know, say you're an older artist especially and you're not necessarily super involved in the trading and the forums and the all this mm-hmm. stuff, you do your music. I mean, and someone puts out an LP or puts out a CD – 
Do you mm-hmm. really need 50 copies or 100 copies that you're going to have to sell and pedal yourself? It's like... I know. You I, know. I hope in capacitance I've been getting paid for all the stuff that everybody's been releasing. I'm I hope curious. They I'm curious, too. In fact, I even posted it on that forum that, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see it. So hopefully they're making money, you know, from yeah. all this stuff. I'm not yeah. a big uh, reissue guy. I don't reissue stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't offer to reissue anything from anybody. I just, you know, let's just... I like new, you know, keep yeah. going, you know, yep. forward. I want to see your new stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, but, you know, there's been, what, a thousand, I can't even count how many incapacitants released. They've released every single thing that they've ever released twice or three times, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they're making money on it. Yeah. Like the label, the, and it shouldn't be a matter of, hey, are you going to pay me for this? It should be a matter of the label is going to go, I'm going to give you this much for it. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine that, that there's sitting there with thousands of dead stock CDs and tapes and and vinyls mm-hmm. that they're selling on Discogs themselves, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't it's, know. Uh, Maybe, yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting, but it's, it's imp- yeah. It's Macau, is selling, Macau is selling uh, LP, LP capacitance LPs on Discogs because he can't get rid of them? No, I don't think so. Macau should be making money. Yeah. He should be getting paid. Yeah. It's the way it yeah. is. For sure. How, how do you curate what you put out on the label? Because you know you've, you're I I think of you as a noise label, but you've put out some very diverse things. Particularly recently, you've put out like some alternative rock records. You know, mm-hmm. Rabies Cast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a noisy sludge band. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I did release them back in two thousand six too. Of course, of course. I mean, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. in general. I mean, I, I you've yeah. done that throughout the whole label's um, the run. How, what's your What's your curation process? It's, do I like it? Mm-hmm. Do I like you? Do I like the band? Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's basically my curation process. Uh, I do will uh, favor people from Texas first, if I can. You know, I mean, if it's not good, then it's not good. That's just the way it is. But uh, if you're from Texas and you do, you know, noise and you're pretty good at it, I'll put it out if I can. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever I can for you. You know, I mean, you got to support, you know, the community around you, you first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I believe that, and that's that's in fact when the label started. You know, with the Robert, he's from Dallas, Deadly Orifice. Yeah, uh, and that's the first local thing I did was the first thing I did. You know, cool. Yeah, the bands I worked with here locally, the rock bands I worked, they're all they're local. You know, I put out their records, and then. In your working relationship with them, I mean, you described that you like to particularly pay respect, and you know, yeah. you do gestures which you like. This, like, I'll be straight up. This this gesture of paying people is, I think, very uncommon, and I commend you for it. But I think it's very, very uncommon. Yeah. But how do you? How, how does that working relationship develop? Because you you also work with certain artists multiple times, whereas some labels will kind of just do one thing, and it's. Kind of, yeah. you know, you get the sense they just get a master and then put it out. But you seem to yeah. come back to people and have certain people you really are close with. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friends. You know, I, I'll I like to put out music by my friends. You know, yeah. the alternative rock record that I the CD that I just put out. I've known Mike since I was 14 years old. You know, cool. We just never did anything uh, prior to that because uh, he was in doing his his thing and I'm doing my thing. But you know, I like to, I like to keep it close. 
like to keep yeah. it close. There's a lot of people that I would release records from that I like, but I've just never approached them, ever. Sure. Never. And I have approached a lot of people that I do like uh, that I would like to release, do a record for, and they're like, ah. nah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that happened. Yeah, I, that happened yeah. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? Yeah. I can't. You, you don't want to put out a record. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I'll never ask again. For sure. So can you tell me a little bit, like, I'm, we kind of, I kind of distracted you maybe a bit, but like the, 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 the chronology of Dada Drumming, because you were pretty active there for a while in the 2000s when you started, and you, you, yeah. you, you were pretty inactive for a while, and now you're, you're back again pretty strong. Yeah, I was inactive twice. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. So can you kind of just tell about the... 2008 to 2010, 11, 10, and then I, like 12 to, or 11 to 18. Yeah, family stuff, you know, personal stuff. Sure. Family and personal stuff always has to come first, especially if you're just running a DIY label. And I didn't have any real obligations to anybody, so. In the time that you were inactive with the label releasing things, were you still kind of active in music? Yeah. Well, not in music, as far as listening and uh, making. Yeah, I made noise the whole time. I mean, there was a couple of years where I didn't, do anything like when I moved from where I was living originally and, and I was looking to buy a house and so I was renting a few I rented a house from a friend of mine who was a property manager and then had to move to another house and during that time I had stuff packed up I didn't do a thing and that's probably mm-hmm. two and a half three years uh, until I finally got where I knew what was going to happen and then I pulled out and then I made the Stimbox AFA record and the TDF CD yeah, I was, I was honestly I was really surprised that he hadn't done a CD between the consequences and conversation CD and the framework CD. You know, maybe he was sh- maybe he was showing me that respect. I don't know, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm showing him that respect. In you know, I'll whatever Kevin makes, I'll put out, and and he yeah. gets paid, and he deserves it. He's been around a long time. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves Does at not. all. No, not at all. I mean, I heard, I remember he- hearing Magnified Healing before I even knew any of these guys. And I was like, fuck, what is yeah. this? You know, Kevin's stuff was fantastic. And then uh, Dom's St. Francis, the track St. Francis on that fucking CD is absolutely fantastic. But the Kevin totally. stuff is amazing. And, and you know, it's it's early Kevin, but there's it's, it's, it's really kind of like a transition from his, where he would make noise with the guitar and pedals and things like that to more of a, a static pedal uh, module type stuff to where he is now. That was kind of an important step. And I think that was actually, that, that city was actually an important step for Purient too, where he went from that to body language and then, you know, yeah, to the stratosphere basically. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I haven't and that heard- was, That was a co-release by the way, Hospital and TEF. Sorry, say it again? That was a co-release, Hospital TEF. Oh, TEF yeah. released that himself? No, no, no. It was a co-release with Hospital. Oh, oh. Dada Drumming in Hospital. No, 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 no. No, TEF. TEF Records. You know, Kevin will put out stuff every once in a while, too. Okay, that, okay. I see what you're saying. Magnified Healing was a, was a co-release between yes. TEF and, and Hospital. Yes, 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 yes. I found that in a record store in Houston somewhere, like north, north side of Houston. So I'm guessing that Richard had put it in for uh, consignment before I even knew any of these guys back in 20, 2001. 
Oh, okay. So, so that TEF came out before you were in contact with him because I, I see you guys as very a close working relationship, and I like the fact that you know, consequences in conversation. That's maybe the first one that I heard from TEF, and I'm not a huge cut up follower, but this was uh-huh. like, oh, this was insane. Uh, no consequences. Consequences in conversation. Yeah, it's fantastic CD. Absolutely. And then I think it's interesting that you say he didn't release anything between then because I guess I would maybe assume that you guys had an agreement, but I think it sounds like there was some sort of just like, you know, just respect. It seems like, or maybe think, just <laughs> could yeah. have been that, you know, just yeah. I don't want to make assumptions for Kevin, but could be. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll text him and ask him. We talk pretty frequently. But I think framework, for example. I mean, I've been telling people framework. I think I have it listed on my website. Like the description I wrote is just like one of the best harsh noise releases of the past several years it's it is it's so fucking good and 12 years yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and it's yeah. and it's and it's high, he's highly underrated so i'm really I'm always happy to hear that you're putting things out by him i was super happy to be able to put that that split between you two guys that yeah. was killer um yeah 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 and, and and you know i appreciate you doing that because i was gonna do that but then yeah. i bought the house this house that i'm in now and i couldn't spend any money right you can't do that when you have a, when you when you're pending. You know you can't spend any money, right? Uh, so I'm glad you did that when I offered it to you. you we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That worked out really well. Um, I didn't do it for you because it did. Nobody cared over here. Again, you know, I mean, it's just what it is. Well, probably the price point. The price point was high. It was a hundred limited, a hundred seven inch. Yep. Some people really liked it. I sold it as a I, I right as I was starting to put it out is when Keith Brewer got the news that he was, or at least announced the news that he was very, very ill with cancer. So I kind of just, just decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, Texas, I, I didn't, I I associated Keith with data drumming in some way, you know, from the er earlier releases. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just put the couple bucks that I can make off this record, which wasn't many to him. Mm -hmm. And maybe that'll help sell them because seven inches are very hard sell, especially the price point. So, I sold them all, but I, th- but I sent him actually the money before I sold them all. So this is okay. So I'm giving the backstory to some financial stuff, but that's that's okay. I sold. I sent him the money before, he, but before I sold them, I kind of, I kind of like, I calculated what it would, was going to be, and mm-hmm. I sent him the money, and he passed before I sold all of them. I did sell most of them by that time, but he had already passed, and I didn't feel right continuing to sell them, so I pulled them and I gave them to a few select okay close okay. customers and and people that you know mm-hmm. close friends so um but I mean they're out there they I mean yeah. and the, the people who got them, yeah it's killer and the people who got them yeah, Kevin's track, track is out of mine but yeah it, it's fantastic record honestly I love it it's great it's super killer it's super killer it's and it's that great. track the track called Murderworth and the picture are tied together because that's where a friend of my son's died yeah what what is that story can you tell that uh he got he stopped at a store there right at that corner um in in the neighborhood and got shot damn got shot dead girlfriend was pregnant with twins damn or or he had a kid and had another one coming Another friend of mine died by suicide, and uh, I think I may be confusing the two. He had mm-hmm. 
his girlfriend or his wife was pregnant with twins. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sad story. It really is. D- does does personal stuff influence a lot of a fail association? Yeah, yeah, it's all personal. It's all personal, except uh, except the the tape on no rent. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that was it. Eh, I mean, you want to say personal, but the the whole the whole as the whole aesthetic of it, uh, the name and and everything is more it's more commentary on. I mean, if you can look at the title and figure out what what the words mean and yeah. then what the titles of the song mean you know you you can figure it out for sure yeah that's yeah. that's i that's what i get too and the um, title actually comes from a conversation i was having with a friend of mine at work actually and i said that chaos is a system yeah based on what he had said to me and i was like god man that's, that's a great title for, for yeah. something so i'm gonna use that yeah and it refers to something specific Sure. Look at the first letter of the, the words. Chaos. Okay. I'll have to. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll have to yeah. do some research, and people listening can also du- double <laughs> check on that. Double check on that. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll get more into a fail association in a bit, but um, I want to ask you what what do you think has changed in terms of noise scene noise economy since you uh-huh. started and now without a drumming i don't know I, honestly because there's i there's a, I spent a lot of time not involved in the noise scene you know so yeah you know there was a period between you know 12 and 18 where i didn't do anything and i paid no attention to what was happening in the noise scene. none like whatever i was like if i'm not doing this I don't want to read, see, hear, nothing. I did my thing. I still, you know, made a little bit of sound. Uh, so I don't know what the economy was like then. I heard it was kind of a dead period. Um, but, I mean, compared to then to now, I mean, it's different. You know, you, now you've got Bandcamp where you can just upload whatever you want and hope yeah. somebody buys it. Whereas before, yeah. you had to kind of, I don't want to say put some effort into it, but because there's still a lot of effort uh, to doing things. But it's just easier now. It's yeah. easier. I'll upload a yeah. cap, put a price on it, call it a day. I don't like it very what, much. Yeah, what kind of effect do you think that has had on on things? Quality? Quality control? Gone. Yeah, it's gone. I, was, I, I do peruse Bandcamp and listen to a lot of people just to see what they're doing. You know, So I'm, I, I stay up on what's happening. Uh, and I don't like a lot of it. It's not, there's not a lot that I've heard that are, is any good. Honestly, let's just mm-hmm. maybe it's people getting old. Maybe it's people not doing, you know, due diligence in, in the recording and their arrangements. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's more of the same. Say, but, yeah. But yeah. put it to you this way. But back in 2004, people were going, oh, yeah, this is exactly the thing. But he was doing 95, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. So there's always that, you know. Yeah. If you got a guitar. There guitar is like music. kind of a guitar music uh, in 1970. Uh, you could say is the same as guitar music in 2010. You know, because the guitar sure. makes the same sound. Yeah, and there's still a lot of conventions being held and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, conventions are important if if yeah. you stick to a good convention. You yeah. know, yeah, for sure. But I do think with with Bandcamp, there is sort of like a parallel 
seen almost in a way. There's there yeah. there are, yeah, yeah. there are labels that re- yeah, noise. Yeah. yeah, and there are labels that re- release physical formats and also a Bandcamp version. And there are a lot um, of labels that release things on the physical formats and don't release anything on Bandcamp. Yeah. And then they're not represented on Bandcamp. And then there are people who only release on Bandcamp. And I've, released, I've noticed a large number of kind of a, like I said, a parallel, almost isolated noise scene that is just existing on Bandcamp. And um, I, I can't speak to the quality of it. I, Objectively, I, can't, I haven't really checked it out, but yeah, I, I do have the impression that it's a, definitely a much more of a, you know, do it for your own. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to say that it's it's all bad because you know I'm sure there's some good stuff out there, uh, yeah. and you can say the same thing about the CDR, uh, you know, release glut back in 2004, 2005, 2003. You know, everybody was doing a CDR. Uh, yeah. And just a lot of stuff just wasn't really that good. Yeah. Just is what it is. Yeah. So it's just now instead of CDRs, it's Bandcamp. Do you think if, like, say, the production costs and fuel costs and everything, et cetera, et cetera, that goes into making a physical release gets uh-huh. so high in the next, say, five years that releasing tapes in any sort of physical format is just super expensive do you Uh think that could have a positive impact on the quality control because possibly at least less but you know okay it's going to cost a lot and it's going to be one album if somebody has to spend a ton of money to do something uh they're gonna not spend a ton of money to do something else at the same time you know what i'm saying whereas if you don't have to spend any money to do something you can do 15 things you know all at the same time it doesn't cost me anything uh but if you have to spend seven thousand dollars to make yeah. a CD, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have seven thousand dollars to make another CD. No, you right. probably don't. Uh, not until you sell all of these. So yeah. then, yeah, there'll be you know it'll compress, and you won't have as many releases, and the quality will probably go up because obviously, as a label, you're going to have to say, "Listen, it's going to cost me seven thousand dollars to make this five hundred copy CD. Uh, you better give me something really good. Make it good. Yeah, yeah." Yeah. yeah, make it good. Yeah, make it good. <laughs> then when you get it and you go, ah, I don't know, man. You get on the phone and you go, you have to, gonna have to redo that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I like the fact that noise can always be very noise is based on volume. You know, a lot of stuff. But yeah, I would, I yeah. would, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing it reduce a bit of the volume and have the quality really be kind yeah. of. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a ton, a ton of stuff, a ton. Just a ton. I mean, it's almost a glut yeah. of stuff. Because I don't sell. When I get something, I don't sell it. I yeah. keep. It. Yeah. Uh, if somebody gives me something, definitely doesn't sell it. I mean, yeah. you don't. I don't even have a Discogs, you know, selling thing. I mean, I have right. a Discog. Buy stuff. Yeah. I buy stuff. Yeah. I don't sell. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have a shit ton of stuff right now. And you know, there's always going to be that in the noise scene because it's relatively easy you know to make noise it's not relatively easy to make good noise it's relatively easy to make noise i mean we all know that because when we started it was relatively easy to make yeah yeah and then you you know like being like you're a musician you know i don't know do you play any instruments play guitar or bass or anything yeah i play drums so um to be a good musician you know you practice and uh just like making noise you practice you keep doing it you do it and do it and do it and do it and then something clicks and you know you 
get to that point where you're all right. This is pretty good, you know. But now all you got to do is just go. Yeah. And look at the band camp, and you're a noise artist. And, well, and more power to if that's what you want. Absolutely. But don't expect people to spend money on it. What do you think motivates people to to become a new noise artist? Or what do you think motivates someone to decide I'm going to make make noise myself? I don't know. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, because I, I don't want to say that they're failed musicians and they're looking <laughs> for an easy scene to get into to make. Because I'm sure there is plenty of that. Yeah. But I mean, you try to you try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt that they're you know they're interested in making music. And they actually like noise, yeah. and they actually like listening to noise, yeah. and so that tran- transfers itself to making noise, and they actually like the process of making noise. I'm sure there's a ton of people out there who don't like the process of making noise who do it, and I'm sure there's a ton of people out there who don't actually listen to noise, don't like noise. They say they like noise. Oh yeah, I love noise. Uh, do you really? You know, there's. I'm sure there's a ton of people out there. There is. You get that with any scene. You know, yeah. what's, what's the famous uh, David Coverdale quote about he doesn't even listen to rock music. Right. You know, he, listens, he listens to Beethoven. <laughs> you know, but yeah. he's a multi-platinum artist, you know, with, with multiple bands. So do you necessarily have to? Not necessarily. Does it help? Absolutely. Because then you know what's, what's happening. Right. How people do things. How you should do things. Yeah. You know, how you should make noise. Yeah. Not saying you have to make noise like anybody else, and you shouldn't. But you know, like guitarists, you know, all guitarists sound different, and they're using the same instrument. So, right. You know, I take it like that. Sure. So when you returned with the label in these in this last kind of uh, run, uh, I don't know if it was 2018. Yeah, 18. 18 is when I started. I started getting stuff together. You know, that's when I got back in. I hadn't talked to Kevin in probably a couple, three years. Wow. Uh, and we we go a long time without talking to each other. Like in between the time the CD was released and we we did that, and then I said we contracted to do the next one. There was times where we didn't speak to like five, six months. You know, just mm-hmm. if, if a man doesn't want to talk, he doesn't. You don't make him talk. You know. And then now we we talk a lot again. Uh, but. 2018, I started getting things together about what I wanted to do. And originally, I was only going to uh, do myself and Kevin. That was the original intent of me redoing the labels. Like, all right, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got things lined up in my life. You know, I know what's happening. I'll I'll do that. And then, of course, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I started releasing other people. Yeah. It, it, it just like I said, just snowballed. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about the I'd like to get back to that, honestly. Yeah. I'd like to get back to that. Tell me about the Stimbox Affiliate Association split that you put out. Because that was a surprise. That's yeah, a great record. Yeah. yeah. I had that track since 2004 from Tim. It was originally going to be a split with, and now I've just lost the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it. L.A. guy, long hair. Back then, I don't know if he's got long hair now. Circuit wound. <laughs> okay. Circuit yeah, wound. yeah, yeah. Originally going to be a circuit wound, stem box split C30, and I was getting ready to make it. And uh, Jay, Jay, now everything's going back to me. Jay yes, emailed me. He goes, Hey, I don't want to do that anymore. Forget it. Okay. 
So it just sat in the top of my closet for that entire time. Wow. And then so I was I was going I was I was going through my stuff and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see if Jay and maybe Jay because I saw Jay was active again. I don't think he's he stopped doing stuff for a while. Right. Uh, and that may be one of the reasons he didn't want coming out. Uh, so I emailed Jay. And I emailed Tim. I actually had to go on Discogs to get Tim. And then he gave me his email again because, you know, he, he doesn't want anybody contacting him. Right. Um, I never heard back from Jay. Ever. Okay. Ever heard back. Uh, Tim was like, yeah, if you want to do it, do it. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And then yeah. I emailed him. And said, hey, man, I never heard from Jay. Do you mind if I do uh, me and you? He goes, do whatever you want. Cool. So I sent you the track, it's yours. So, yeah. And it was really going to be a tape. And I started making the tapes, and I just didn't like the way they sounded. I didn't like the way my track sounded on tape. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a record. Okay. Tim deserves it. Yeah. You know, Tim deserves some respect. For sure. Uh, so I made a record. And that's how, that's what happened. And I sent it to him. I didn't even tell him. That's the funny part, is I didn't even tell him. He just thought it was going to be a tape. Yeah. And then I said, I was like, hey, man, I made an LP. <laughs> he's like, really? Like, yeah. So I sent it to him, and, he's, and he, he emailed me back when he got it. He goes, man, you hit it out of the park with this, man. I really appreciate it. And, you know, and that's, you know, I show Tim some respect because he's another one that I found on mp3.com. Or in the early days, Stimbox yeah. was up there. Uh, and his stuff blew me away too, and I'm still a fan to this day. I have I have probably more Stimbox than anybody besides the Roaring. Wow. Yeah, I've got almost everything, almost. And what was his reaction to the LP? And and like I said, yeah, he been, said I knocked it out of the park. He thought it was fantastic. yeah. But has there been any follow up? Or I mean, I no no no. He does. He's 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 got no involvement in the noise scene whatsoever. Okay. He doesn't want any involvement. You know, and I've. I've never even hit him up for anything else because show the guy the respect. He doesn't want it. Right. You know, he's out of the noisy. He doesn't want to be involved. Right. So, you know, don't pester sure. the guy. Same thing with uh, Hideki, uh, Crack Fierce. Yep. You know, we were we were originally going to do something, me and him. And in fact, I still have some uh, Crack Fierce that uh, hasn't been released. And I emailed him and I said, hey, man, you know, we were going to do this back in the day. We were actually going to do a, I speaking of, I don't like reissues, but back then we were going to do a reissue of Felony Noise because I have the master tape for that, uh, that um, uh, Rotten Peace gave me you know, from cool. their label. Uh, and I, we were going to do a reissue of that on CD back then. And then... Um, I don't know why all these names are just going away, but Trash Ritual actually mm -hmm. had the crack beers, and he was like, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> he didn't like it. He okay. like, he's like, uh, it's like, I was like, man, send it to me. I'll release it, because I love crack beers. Yeah. And he's fucking fantastic. Uh, you know, the odd noise. He's, he's just an odd guy. Odd noise. You know, it's not straight ahead harsh noise. It's just, it's really Jap, Japa noise, man. It's just, just yeah. strange noise. Kind of like, kind of like Deadly Orifice. Yeah. Um, and so I had it the whole time and uh, I emailed him. I was like, hey, hey, man, Hideki, are you interested in in releasing this? And he emailed me back. He's like, I'm out of the noise scene. I don't even want it to appear anywhere. OK. I was like, OK, never bother him about it again. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, I've heard that from him. I've heard that about him, too. And there's always this kind of feeling. Oh, come on. Someone's got to convince him. But yeah, you're right. I mean, no, don't 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 do that. Don't show yeah. the guy the respect. 
You know, he doesn't yeah. want to be involved. He doesn't want to get asked. Yeah. He doesn't want. He doesn't want you to bother him about it. Leave him alone. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Don't bother a man when he says no. Did you? Did you sell out of the Stimbox AFA split, or do you have no. them still? No, no, no. I still have some copies, but I just Are deleted not- it. I just took it. I just took it off. Why? Yeah, I, I felt it had its run. Okay. I can do that with my stuff, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I can take it out of take it out of circulation whenever I want. It's got sure. it's, it's got my name on it, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's true. I, I did the same thing with the yellow pearl tape. You know, I still had copies of that. Is just yeah. Took, took it out of circulation. Tell me about the recent one on 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 prose mag because that has some sort of connection to those, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got. It's got uh, the the track uh, live in HCTX from the Yellow Pearl tape, which is the first track on side B. Yeah. Uh, on it as the third track, and then the fourth track is me and Deadly Orifice back in Houston in 2004 performing together. Uh, we've we've done that multiple times, but that was the best recording I have of it. And then uh, the second track I made specifically for that down south. And then the other one was Stimbox remix. Talking about Stimbox was the remix of of the of the Stimbox track on that LP that I recorded multiple times through my gear, and then mixed with his and cut up and made it what it is. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's very good. I, really do. I think it's really good. And uh, again, showing Stimbox that respect. Definitely, he's well. Yeah, got to respect him if he wants he wants out. But I think it's yeah. A shame that he doesn't get more recognition, like a lot of like a lot of artists, you know. Yeah, well, you know, out of sight, out of mind, right? People are forgotten. That's how it works. That's how yeah. it works. Unfortunately, it happens not just in the noise scene; it happens everywhere. You know, think about who was the top pop artist five years ago. Can you tell me who that was? Yeah, no, there you I go. can't. You get, I could <laughs> top pop artists now, but right. you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. So in your working with with artists and and through the label and also with um as as an artist I get the mm-hmm. sense that you're much more kind of hands-on and you are meeting people maybe personally calling them up on the phone there's a more of a direct relationship yeah. going on Yeah How how is that working with um Sam McKinley and Keith on the True Ass Worship release uh, I don't even remember how that came about, honestly. Um, but it was fine. I mean, it was email. I mean, I knew Sam. I had met Sam uh, prior to that because he had come through on tour with Oscillating Innards and Pedestrian Deposit. Mm-hmm. And they stayed at my apartment. And in fact, Sam stayed longer than them, and I drove him to the airport. Uh, so I'd, I'd met Sam and talked to him and spent time with him before that. So, you know, and obviously the, the split with PCRB, I think, is a fantastic tape, too. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of, of Sam's stuff, and uh, I don't remember how that came about. But there's there's all kinds of personal connections involved in that too, through Keith and you know, like the pictures and yeah, there 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 really is some stuff that you know, I probably shouldn't talk about in public. Uh, but I got it's, the it's, sense. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got the sense that some of those pictures in there were not taken from the internet, so to speak. No, no, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah. Well, 
I'll tell you a funny story about making that though. That record is I'm I think I did it to United Record Pressing, you know, yeah. um, and I sent it to him and I said I chose the option to to do the bottom of the barrel, you know, to whatever color would come out because yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. And I got back. Do you have a copy of that? Uh, at home and back in Minneapolis, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't even have a copy of that anymore. I have the tapes that came with it. Uh, I have a couple copies. Prize possession. Yes. Um, and the record when I got the records, they were really, really thin and brittle. And so I emailed Keith and I was like, "Hey, man, there's a good chance that they put that somebody opens this and takes it out. It's gonna break." And he emailed back. He said, "Good. <laughs> I hope it breaks in somebody's hands." Yeah, it was hilarious. Are they that brittle? I, I, I don't... Yeah, they are. They're really, really thin, man. You should, whenever you get back and look at it at some point. I, mean, I remember that brittle. color, that great purplish yeah. color. It's like a pinkish purple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, I don't know if even they still do that option anymore, the bottom of the barrel. That's... They just pick whatever's on the bottom of the barrel, they just scoop it out. And that's what they make the record from. That's gnarly. Yeah. But that was a really cool release. I, I that was all handmade, man. I did all that myself in my kitchen in my apartment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, annoyed the shit out of my girlfriend at the time too. I bet. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't even save a copy for myself. Sold them all. Yeah. Got had to get it out of the house. Huh? No. Had to no, get it. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm never worried about any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. That's that's funny too that you say that because I know there's a lot of noise people who are afraid of their girlfriends or their wives, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't do that around her. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I didn't even save a copy. I, ha- I have still about three or four of the seven inches left. Cause you know, I, I think I did what 200 maybe or hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't even, was it 200? I think it's probably 200. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even remember honestly, but I've, I had, you know, extras obviously the over 10%. So I have like three of the tapes and like four or five of the seven mm-hmm. inches still. Yeah, I should probably frame the the seven. For inches. sure. Yeah. Are, are would you be against a reissue? Completely. Yeah. 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 Te- uh, Keith's dead. Yeah. No, I'm not going to reissue something from somebody who's dead. They can't. They can't. They they can't uh, say yes or no. How, yeah. How do you feel about that in general? That that phenomenon. Me personally, I wouldn't do it. Unless I owned the master and had paid for it previously, then of course you've you've paid somebody for the money or the, for the master and you've given them money. Now they've passed in the in the interim, but you still owe it. Uh, I would probably do it, but do it for cost. You know, I wouldn't make any money on it. I'd right. feel bad. I, w- I wouldn't yeah. feel right about making money off somebody that's dead. I just wouldn't. It's a difficult situ- I mean, it's a difficult situation. I, I on the yeah. one hand, it's like things, people's legacy should be continued on, but at the same time, how can you profit off of someone who's dead? Well, in a scene like this, you know, in a small scene like this. Now, you're talking about major artists who die. You know, obviously, you have you have contractual obligations, and and your your yeah. label owns your masters, and yeah. you know, you you're still get, your estate is still getting paid royalties, and yeah. you're getting publishing. Your estate's still getting publishing things like that. Now that. That's a completely different story, but yeah. in a small scene like this, where there's you know you know a hundred people or four hundred people, five hundred people buying stuff, uh, you kind of got to respect the the fact that the, the guy's dead, you know. Right. But that's just me. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody what to do or how to, how to operate a business. You might not be aware, but there's um, 
you know, uh, Tommy, Tommy Carlson has been doing since he passed uh, reissues of the of the Swedish tapes at cost. And he sends he has this flyer. He sent me th- he's probably sent me a thousand of these flyers. Uh-huh. And he has a tribute to Keith and you can order through email and he sell he sells them at really he sells them at cost for oh, he he, do- he doesn't make any money on. No. There you go. There you go. Now that yeah, yeah. is a man own respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's that should, be, that should be applauded right there. It is, yeah, exactly. I want to. I mean, I send these out with tons of packages. I probably send a thousand of these out, and he gets emails regularly about them. In case anyone doesn't know, you can email Tommy and get those three: um, the one on Harshhead Rituals, Abisco, and Vemod for for cost. Re- mania tapes. Mania? mania tapes. Yeah, yeah. I think I have the Harshhead Rituals and the Abisco one. I don't have the other one though. I never heard of that. Was that is that a label? Uh, Vemod, that- yeah, was a Swedish label. I don't know too much about okay. it, but. It's- one of those 2006 came out in 2006 called if they if they move kill him so okay. yeah I, I think i think i think tommy's a good example of someone who does that right that's that's that's, that's an admirable thing you know don't make any money on it now keep it keep it going unless somebody from his family emails you or calls you and says hey stop yeah. that shit right, uh, yeah, yeah 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 um have but if you got money tied up in this already, and the, and somebody dies, now that's your decision. You know, right. you you've you've already you've already spent money. You've already right. done something. You know, financially. Uh, now, unless you just want to eat the cost, which you more than more you know more more than happy to do if, you, if that's what you want to do. You know, right. or, yeah, one of the two. That's it's your call. I'm not telling yeah. anybody how to do anything, and I'm not talking down to anybody about doing anything. Or how they no, no, no. Want to handle and everyone ha- and everyone has different situations. And, you know, I think there are some people like, you know, like for example, I think I think Freak Animal still has some some masters that they had agreed on, and I think had some sort of verbal agreement mm-hmm. with 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 Keith that uh-huh. he kind of has go. permission yeah. to to. He's got it in writing, right? I don't know, but I mean, you know, there's you know there's <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there there's certain the relationships. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what was that? I didn't hear. They talked on the phone or they sent emails, you know, yeah, detailing exactly. what happened. I'm sure Keith made some sort of arrangements with, with Miko uh, before before he passed. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and that should be respected. Miko's yeah. going to do the right thing. I don't think yeah. Miko's going to do the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. He'll exactly. do it right or he won't do it at all. Yeah, exactly. I think mean, that's exactly. how Miko operates. He'll do it right or he won't do it at all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, in your... In your career running the label, are there any things that you regret or consider th- endeavors or releases that didn't p- pan out that you not regret, maybe regret, or they they kind of failed or didn't go how you wanted to, and you pulled the plug or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I don't think there's anything uh, besides the Hasegawa LP, which I think is oh, is an overlooked gem. Honestly, yes. and uh, even the Moat record, the the yeah. picture disc, I yeah. still have I still have plenty of copies of that. Yeah, what are people waiting for? I mean, it's a great yeah. record, uh, but no. From two thousand three to now, I don't regret any release. I think everything I've done, and I mean, I've been going for almost twenty years now. Yeah, with breaks in between, obviously. Yeah, but I haven't even hit a hundred releases yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still on like ninety two. And that's that. 
and that's not even uh, that's not even accurate because I've got numbers before that that haven't happened yet. Right. Like the TEFCD is like seventy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Because we talked. I when we talked about doing the next one, I created a, a catalog number for it and 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 a folder, and it just hadn't happened until now. And uh, he's finally got it done. And uh, so I, there's some numbers out there that haven't happened yet. Yeah. 15 hasn't happened yet. Probably never will. <laughs> what is it? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and there is another release out there that is just one copy. One copy. It's me. It's a, it's an Avail Association release. And I gave that to Robert. And it's just it's a it's a one copy release. I don't I don't even know if he has it anymore. But I gave. Is it, it a data drumming release? Yeah, it's an actual release. Yeah, just one copy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You'll never see the light of day. (laughs) Why do you like to keep certain releases kind of limited or why do you pull the plug on things or why do you, why do you like to have specific kind of limitations on certain releases? Well, there is a, there is a ceiling on this type of stuff. There is, there really is. Um, and especially if you're doing like a special, like handmade type of stuff, there's, there's a ceiling, you know, and, and you're not making a thousand copies of something by hand and then holding on to 750 of them for 15 years. It's just not going to happen. Now, a lot of stuff didn't have numbers on it early on. I didn't, I never made, never put numbers on anything. Uh, A few things of mine. Um, But I didn't put numbers on things because you wanted it, I could make it for you. Yeah. A lot of them weren't that hard to make. Uh, A lot of the tapes, uh, I would just, if I ran out of the copies I made, I would normally make 50 to 75 to 100 of, of the tapes before I released it and send the artist his, his split and then sell or trade or whatever the rest. And then if I ran out, if you wanted to buy it, if it was still available, I would make it for you. Yeah. Now, uh, recently, I've started numbering stuff because there is a ceiling, honestly. Uh, yeah. There is... And, and for physical formats, there is a ceiling. I mean, there's not a ceiling for Bandcamp. You know, it's it's you know, 15,000 downloads, whatever, you know. Uh, but there is a ceiling. And I don't delete stuff from other people. Yeah. If, it's, if there's, if, if, if other artists, I respect their work, you know. And if I've, if I've gone to where I've made all the money on it, made all the money back, especially on digital like a lot of the tef stuff i reissued a lot of the tef stuff uh older stuff yes. he gets paid for all that cool. anybody downloads that that money goes to keep to kevin it doesn't go to me cool you know and i'd yeah. appreciate it if you would because a lot of that stuff is is really good yes. uh early early tef and all that money goes to him i, and I pay royalties for digital yeah uh, spotify streaming and things like that and youtube and and uh, itunes downloads if, if, if i make money on it you're getting a cut i'm yeah. not sending you a check yeah and you know people have not gotten paid that's cool yeah. but you got people have to listen people have to download for that to happen uh, you know you just can't write somebody a check for nothing of course but if they do and that's the important thing about Bandcamp, is if 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 you've got 150 people that have downloaded that fucking thing and you haven't paid anybody for that that's not right it's not right that guy should got paid yeah, it is. What's what's been your uh, approach to like advertising and marketing? And also, you you made the decision to put 
a lot of the disc- discography of Dada Drumming is on Spotify and things like that. You know, I was well, just li- only, just I was just yeah. listening to the Hasegawa LP, the double yeah. LP on there, for example, which, like you said, is highly underrated. It's a fantastic LP. And it was even better live. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Oh, it was it was absolutely fucking amazing, and everybody who saw those shows was just blown away. I saw him in New York once at End Times in 2014. It's one of the best noise sets I've ever seen. It is absolutely fantastic seeing that guy work. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And the and the album turned out really good. Absolutely. Looks great. Carlos Pozo did the artwork for that. That's original artwork by Carlos. Uh, did the layout. Yeah. And it's just absolutely fantastic record. Yeah. And you. Also, how did you advertise, or how do you advertise your your records? How do you how do you promote them? Well, I, I, I advertise that in the wire. I, yeah. I ran ad for two months in a row in the wire, listing you and uh, was it Tord? How do you say that? Tord and Lud. Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. yeah, 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 yeah. As as the people to get it from in Europe, because obviously yeah. the wire is a European magazine. Yeah, uh, UK. Uh, I don't know if it helped you guys or not, but I spent the money to do that. Respect, yeah. I mean, I've, like you said, it's 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 a it's a slow burner, but it's definitely a fucking killer record. I'm almost I'm pre- I'm pretty much sold out of it at this point, and I should probably get some more from you because I think that's something people need to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. And the Mote record. I mean, I, I I didn't know you still had those. Yeah, yeah. It's, amazingly, I do. Uh, I saw somebody was, uh, I think, was it Connolly said that it was like mandatory record from 2020 or 2021, whatever. Yeah. Whatever year I released it, and like on Discogs, I think somebody says it's like an absolutely mandatory record. It's a it fantastic is. record. It fantastic. is. It is. He blew me away when he sent that to me. Honestly, uh, there was a couple things. Now, to be fair, that I told him needed to change, yeah. uh, and he did respectfully uh, change them for yeah. me and made it even better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that said, I said, "This is so good. This record is so good. I want you to remix some of this stuff yeah. so we can do a CD of it." Yeah, and he did, and which he is did. also a great album, a great release. Yeah, well, and I should get more of those because I think you, like you said, it is kind of out of out of sight, out of mind. That there's so much volume of stuff that comes out in the noise world, and I have, you know, my distro. I get, I try to get everything. I try to get literally everything that yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is of interest or good. So I mean, you for that as well for trying to get everything. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if it's good, at least a few copies will, should be over on this side of the fucking ocean yeah. you know so yeah. i i had them and they sold pretty quickly but i kind of thought it was sold out and i think once it's not once people aren't seeing it in the site people maybe just and i didn't know you had yeah. sold copies you know so it's uh yeah still listed in fact somebody had emailed me about buying some stuff from me and i was like you know he's from germany and i said like, contact oscar at yeah, white cool. he's probably got him yeah yeah cool well i'll have to get a fat restock from you pretty soon then um so now, now back to a failure. Now, I, I, the advertising. You, you were talking about advertising. I have oh, yeah. done some advertising. I, I mean, I've made some postcards and sent them out, and mailed out. I mailed out a bunch of postcards for the last batch that I made, just to people to mail mailed them out. I think I, you probably got some. I think I sent some to you postcards. Okay. With the, yeah, 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 in a package. Yes, yeah. 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 I, I actually ma- I addressed those and mailed them to customers. Everybody That's who cool. bought some. That's very cool. Them. Before before it came out, and then I put it up on the website. After I mailed them and didn't announce it, it just put it up there, and I, I, I sold a bunch of the stuff before I even announced it through through postcard. Through postcard. See, that's, yeah, in that's, fact, somebody somebody I, I don't remember what he even bought from me 
before, but he was in my customer list and I sent him and he emailed me. He goes, hey man, I got this postcard. I'm taking a chance and buying this stuff from you. I was like, fantastic. Thank you. That's great. And that's so cool. And that's, that makes such a big difference. And I think more people should really put more effort into advertising or, or promoting in the sense of making a post on Instagram isn't enough. And, you know, people, yeah. people do that and then they kind of complain, oh, why isn't anyone... It's where everybody is though, right? It is From where everyone is. You can post I, I, on Instagram. That's fine. Time. But I, mean, I mean, that's fine, but I think, I think going outside of those yeah. easiest methods really yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I've advertised in the, the, the magazine that Miko did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've done a few other things. I even did a, I did some ads on Spotify. You probably never heard of them. I don't know if anybody ever did. I mean, it costs money to do those, but I did them because I'm, I'm just trying to generate some interest in, in things. I'm willing so to like, spend money on you if, if, if I really like the stuff. Yeah. I will. I'll, I'll, you know, if I have to operate at a loss, I'll operate at a loss. That's just the way it is. I mean, this, this is for love more than anything. You know, I'm not, I didn't buy a new car from stuff I've sold. It just didn't happen. I bought a new car for my own, you know, my yeah. own money. The Dada stuff is completely separate. I try to keep that money separate, but I, I inject my own funds into it to keep things operating because that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's awesome. That's how it should be. I mean, I think that's how it is for most people, but I think I really respect that you put your, you put real money up and. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not afraid to. A lot of people yeah. are. A lot of people are afraid to. I'm, I'm not afraid to spend money on things yeah. at all, because it's it's art, it's product, yeah. it's art, it's somebody's art. I mean, you send me a, a CD for release, it's it's your art. Now, I may tell you something needs to change. Uh, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that. Um, I've been told that, and yeah. that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest a little bit of time and try to try to sell your product, try to sell your stuff. Yeah, because it's yours, you know, and I should try to sell it. And that's respect. At the same time, if I do something for my for myself, I just put it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't, I don't try to advertise myself. That's I think all my stuff, That's I'll all. Be honest with you. I think I, I, that my stuff is really good. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah. I listen to a lot of my own noise. Yeah. Uh, because you have to. You have to listen to your own stuff. Definitely. So you know whether you're doing you know good or, or bad you know sounds and how to how to arrange things, uh, but I don't do a lot of advertising my own stuff. I don't even think I put I only really even put my stuff up from other labels on my site. There's a few things up, but I've got a few more things that I haven't even put the Pros Navi disc up yet. It's very good. I'm sold out already, but I'll hopefully get some some more. Are you? That's yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear. That. Yeah, I'll get some more for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Will says it's unlimited, so you know he'll just make more as he needs, I guess. Can you tell me um, a bit more about a fail association? What that product is all about? Kind of your mm-hmm. sonic approaches, your content approaches behind it, and uh, the progression of the project. Well, it's, all, it's all personal. It's all personal. Even the name is personal. Yeah. Uh, everything I've done is always personal. It's it's the the words the, you know the the music and anything the titles everything is is personal. That's my approach is personal. It's just personal. It's like you know you write songs from a personal perspective. That's what what happens. Does, and I, I facilitate between you know cut up or or you know just more staticky type stuff, type stuff depending on on how I'm feeling and what I want to do. And and really honestly, it depends on 
what it sounds like when I listen back to it. Because I record a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then just put it on my computer or put it on a, a USB and, and leave it for years. You know, and then I'll go back and listen to it like, oh, wow. You know. And does then I the, get what needs to happen based on that. Does the content or the emotional element go through the entire recording process and creation process? Or is it kind of like something that comes at the end? No, because you know what? I'm not – when I record stuff, I'm not recording stuff specifically for anything. Mm-hmm. I always go back to stuff I've already recorded. Or uh, I'll record thinking I'm going to do something with it specifically and then it doesn't happen. You know, like the New Forces tape. In fact, the New Forces tape that I did is not the New Forces tape I started to do. <laughs> it was completely different. Uh, and uh, – it, I didn't like it anymore. It just didn't. It just didn't sit well. So then I had all this material, uh, and I would listen. To, I was listening to it when I was mowing the yard, actually. Uh, and I was like, man, I could. I could probably do something with this, and we can make it happen. And uh, and I did. And that was all based around Houston. All that whole that whole thing was based around Houston. Can you tell? You know, Shot is an actual band with me, Leah, and Domikos in it. That's why it's dedicated. Okay, okay. Dedicated to Shot Weapon because we never we played shows. We we never recorded. We were actually supposed to go to Europe and tour. When that never happened, uh, we never recorded ever. Uh, we just played live a few times, but we were a band. We, you know, we, we considered ourselves a band. It was Shop SSS Shot Weapon was the name of the band. Cool. Yeah. And in so, fact, on the bottom of that, on the on uh, on where the track list is on the bottom, if it says we, it was, you see where it says we liked you better with braces. That's because at the time I had braces in really? my thirties. Yeah, I did, I did, and that's something that Leah said to me after I got them off. She goes, "You know what? We liked you better with braces." <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. And when I was making that tape, I remembered she said that, so I put that. In fact, I actually had to uh, email Stefan and say, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm redoing." I'm putting something else on there because uh, it just it just fit with perfect. That's awesome. And I think this, I think that I had the titles for those obviously, and I think the music really represents those titles. Mm-hmm. So with it being personal and content, does it then kind of span a wide range of experience and emotion, or is it more specific with a certain type of experience or emotion? Well, I'm not, you know, all over the place emotionally and. and uh, Mentally, you know, I'm, I'm no, pretty I, focused. I don't so, mean so that. There's not, lot, there's not a lot of variance in, you know, like I'm up and down, you know. Uh, sure, but I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of times when people say, oh, you know, it's personal content that goes into it or whatever, and maybe the name of Fail Association has some negative, you know, maybe melancholic or, or but, but, but also the, the, like you just described, the, dedicated shot and weapon it's pictures of you guys i guess as a band on the cover i kind of that sounds yeah. to me kind of like a celebratory or like you know not a nostalgic yeah, nice nice yeah. memory it's yeah. not it's not like dwelling on some traumatic fucked no, up no. shit no. Well, the name of fail association is, is sure it's it's got a negative connotation honestly but i don't take it negatively or else i would never use it yeah. you know it's just it's just a matter of fact you know there are certain associations that you have with people that fail yeah Right. I mean, for whatever reason, friendships, marriages, uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, sons, daughters, whatever, anything, anything, uh, you know. And in fact, I I told uh, Sean Kelly from uh, from Rotten Peace, 
he asked me what my project's name was going to be, and I told him it was going to be called Fail Association, without the A. And then after I told him that, I, I was driving away from their house because I, I, I did, did a recording with them. I'm actually on their uh, L. White tape that they did. Mm-hmm. That was my first ever recording with them. I don't know how much of my stuff they used, but yeah, it's pretty shitty, I'm sure. But uh, as I was driving away, I was like, that doesn't sound right, fail association. So, you know, how do you make that happen? You put an A in front of it, A fail association, because, you know, events, you know, that's how that name came about. But everything, like I said, everything is personal. Track titles, everything. I have a list of track titles, of you know, things. And I'll make the music fit to the track title like i have my whole next release is already already mapped out title wise it's not mapped out musically unfortunately because i was working on some stuff but i decided it wasn't what i wanted anymore that so in fact i've got a i've got a whole release that's already made out from like four years ago that i haven't done yet title tracks everything i know exactly what it what it needs to be but it hadn't happened yet and it'll happen soon you froze up um, can you tell about the, the kind of technical or gear process that goes into your stuff? Like what, what kind of s- sound setup you're rocking and what are your goals? Sound setup is pretty simple. I mean, it's just, just guitar pedals and uh, a few pedals I've gotten here and there. I bought some stuff from Kevin. You know, we have we have a financial relationship that goes. I give him money, he gives me stuff. <laughs> and, um, I buy pedals from him, things and and uh, PA's and and CDs, yeah. you know, yeah. which is which is I'm more than happy to do that. But yeah. uh, it's just it's just guitar pedals, and I have a contact mic. In fact, I'll show you. I made this years ago. Yeah, and I've always used it. This is this is my contact mic. Wow. It's just, it's just got a mic inside it. In fact, this loose is it's falling apart. I took the co- there's no cover here. It's just this yep. metal, and this is this is my main sound source right here. This wow. and the synth bomb. I love the synth bomb. I think it's fantastic. Okay, that's but that was my question because I I hear on your stuff a lot of kind of electronic synthy stuff, and I was wondering if you're yeah. if you're if you've gotten into the modular stuff or if you're. No, I don't use modular stuff at all. Just just guitar pedals. Uh, I have my Chaos Pad, which I barely use ever when I record. Uh, I'll use it live every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all guitar pedals. It's just how, just arranging things. You know, a, a lot of the stuff doesn't doesn't happen just be just live, except for the last two tapes I did, or yeah. which just ended up being live. The uh, no rent tape was just me recording for uh, source material. Not yeah. even for that, you know, because Jason had asked me like eight, ten years ago to do something yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. I finally, finally did something for him. Uh, but that was just by accident. I, I was, all right, I need to do this, you know, for Jason and get it done finally. And uh, I just stumbled upon this stuff that I had recorded three months prior, just just trying out a new setup and just seeing what would happen. And that's what that is. That's me, me playing live. In, yeah. You know, and just figuring out what I was doing as it was as it's happened, and then I listened back to it, and I was like, "Man, this is I, I can make this happen." This tape. Cool. Same yeah. with the the tape on monorail. That sat for three years, or two years was it? Yeah, it's 2021. Yeah, it sat for like three years. I didn't even hear it, and I went. I've got a bunch of folders all all you know all with the years and then months when I recorded the stuff. I'm pretty. 
I, I like to stay pretty, you know, organized with that. Yeah, so I know where the stuff comes from. Uh, and that happened. I just listened back to that stuff and said, "Man, uh, I can make this this happen too." Because it's kind of it's kind of different. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of strange. I think that tape is fantastic. John loved it. Yeah, it's in really, fact, really I good. Him, back to when I recorded that stuff, I actually sent him that side two maybe as a CDR just so he could hear what I was doing. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember getting it. Or I think he heard it. I think I've got an email from telling me that he had he had gotten it, but uh, he didn't remember that that was the stuff that I had sent him. Yeah, but he he was all for it. John's another one that I'll I'll, I'll do if John called me tomorrow and said, "Hey man, we want to do a production deposit record." I'll write a check for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's always said that if I ever want to release anything on Monorail, it's it's open season. So cool. Nice I respect story. John a lot. I think John is John is a fantastic artist. Maybe under, yeah. misunderstood by a lot of people. Maybe he's rubbed some people the wrong way, as we all have at one point or another. But I think John is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You've also done a lot of splits with your project. Hmm? What is it about splits that you you like so much? Why do you think they're important? It's the classic, you know, thing to have a split. You know, you. You know, you get two artists together and, yeah. and work off each other. Uh, I, I, I think splits are fantastic. I think there, I wish there was more of them. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I like splits a lot. You know, you get one guy on one, one side, you get another guy on another. And it's short and sweet and compact and right to the point. You know? Yeah. I've noticed that you put yourself usually as the B-side or as the second artist. Is that a conscious yeah. decision? Yeah. It is actually is yes because the 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 other guy gets the top bill, yeah. Gets the first gets the first track, yeah. The other guy. It's always about the the other guy for me, yeah. Always. My stuff. I know what what I'm what's going to happen, and I know how what I've done, and I know I know it's good. Yeah. Uh, the other guy. I always want to make sure that he gets the top bill. Always. That's cool. And it's important. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting you're putting something out for somebody, you're not you're not relegating them to the you know to the back bench. For they sure. should be first. They should be for first. Sure. If you're splitting with somebody, they should be first on your label. If you're splitting with somebody, they should be first. And then a question that I I ask everyone, um, and I'm curious to hear your answer is: What are your top five noise releases of all time? I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> There's too many. Honestly, there's too of many. course, I, I actually have a stack of stuff sitting here, waiting for that question. Bring so it I up. can go, I can I can pop out a few things. Now, do you want five or do you want more than five? Keep it to five. That's that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Okay. Because of course it's more than five. Okay. All right. And these are in no order whatsoever. Sure. Magnified healing. Love it. Absolutely fantastic CD. Everybody's on point here. Crack Fierce, third organ split. Yep. Love this tape. I've always loved this tape. Never gets old, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, you're gonna make me pick. I've got two stacks, actually. It sucks. Hang on. Mm. 
Vyodra. Fantastic. Fantastic. What what's the name of the album? Together, uh, this is all your bobby pins. Yep. Uh, well put together. Honestly, this is a really well put together CDR. And it's a CDR. And it's still hey, this is 20 this is 21 years ago. 21 years old. This came out in 2001. CDR is still in perfect shape. So it's not the CDR's not hasn't failed one bit. You should rip it though. Have you ripped it? Nah. Nah. It's going to it, it, no, like like Keith said, if it breaks, it breaks. Yeah, That's just, you know, <laughs> I haven't ripped it. Somebody has though, so I yeah. can I can get it officially. Uh, is that four? That's three. That's three. Black leather Jesus athlete. Nice, fantastic. I remember I played this for Sam in the car going back to the airport. He was like, "Whoa, man! Yeah. Never yeah. heard this before." Yeah. yeah, probably because it's only 23 copies at the time. That's why, you know. But it's fantastic. I think this is him and Gildan. Yeah, Richard cool. Ramirez and Danny Gildan. Yeah. This is the CDR and Lazy Squid. Cool. And then that's four, right? That's four. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe four. I would say probably... First Noise Attack by Guilty Connector. Oh. Absolutely fantastic. The first time I heard this, I was like, fuck me running. This is a great fucking record. Yeah. Killer. Now, there's probably about 20 others that's sitting there that, that I could have picked. Of course, of course. Those are just five th- that I love, that I, I absolutely love. Those are today's five. <laughs> no, those are, oh, now today's five? Yeah, I mean, those are, yeah. I mean, it could be, a, it could be, a, you could choose different five tomorrow, but. You yeah, know. those. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but those are up there. And then, can you tell me five new releases of the past several years, or if not specific releases, at least artists that you are particularly excited about? Yeah. Uh, like I said, the Death Squad, the Death Squad book. And uh, yep. have you seen it? You know what it looks like? Not yet. It's it's arriving tomorrow. This is this is it right here. Yeah, yeah, I have the I have the previous one you did. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. it is absolutely fantastic. And there's all the CDs right there. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just got this last week. It's great. Uh, Jute. Oh, yeah. Contempt. The contempt uh, tape, and this is on uh, uh, Grimaldi's label. Yep. The first time when he sent me this, I heard it. I was like, "Fuck, man, this is a great tape. This is really, yeah. really good." Yeah. It's a good project. Uh, Mot, the tape on Skeleton oh. Dust Record. Yeah, uh, what's yes. it called? The uh, yeah, love, love the junk of society. The track, uh, the first track, Pant, the side A, fucking amazing. It's insane. Amazing. It yeah. really is a really, really good tape. And yeah. It's kind of caught me off guard how good it was me too because he recorded this in 2018 before he recorded the stuff for me yeah it's really this good was, i was shocked by it it's yeah super intense and i love the name yeah. of the second track i think it's called road or street yeah road or street <laughs> his, his titles are always so fantastic really and then there is uh newer stuff I have to shamelessly plug myself, the Framework CD. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. fantastic. That's if, absolutely if, even if I had to put this out, I would I would think it was a top release of the last three or four years. It's just absolutely sure. fantastic. Uh, this release right here, Astro. It's oh, okay. on. It's on Fantasy One. Domicos's labor. Labor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is really good. Anonymous soundscapes. It is fantastic, and I don't think anybody even knows about it. No, really, no. it's really, really good. You should, you should know about. It. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I should get fine? more stuff from him. I I did get some stuff from him one time. I should get some more. Yeah, he puts out a he puts out a lot of good stuff. Just nobody knows it. He does. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that five or is that four? Uh, I think it's four. I think that's probably four. Okay. Yeah. I got one more. Government Alpha. Which one is that? Oh. That is effective imagery. Yep. On the uh, what is it? The abhorrent? No, not abhorrent. What is it? Ab yeah, abhorrent creation tapes. Yep. The CD. That's good too. I have that. It is. It's fantastic. It's it, it's it's government alpha. You know what you're getting. You know, it's like when you smoke a Marlboro. You know you're smoking a Marlboro. It's government <laughs> alpha. You know what you're getting. But it's just it's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Cool. That's 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 five. Those are those are good recommendations. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would recommend anybody pick up that Astro CDR. I mean, it's a CDR, and and I know there's people who don't like CDRs, but it's a CDR. It's got like music I said, on that, it. Yeah, yeah, that Viodre CDR, 21 years old. I, I never had a problem with one. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna melt. No, it's not. It's, it's gonna be fine as long. Well, well, as long as you're not storing it out in the sun, it's gonna yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. And the like I said, the Mote CD or uh, cassette is fucking fantastic. That Juke tape. Now, to be honest, and to be fair, the second one that I got of him, I didn't like as much as like the first. From what? Uh, no, Jute. From Jute. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean it's bad, but just that one is a fantastic tape. Really cool. But still listen to the other one too, because it's 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 just I don't think it's put as is put together as well, but mm -hmm. it's still still a great tape. Yeah. I don't even know who does it. I mean, is he from the United States? Is he Canada or, or I think it's a Europe? Canadian guy. Yeah, it's a Canadian guy. Yeah. I don't know too much about it either, but um Yeah. It's really good. It's been, it's been popping up and it's it's been definitely of interest. Yeah, yeah. I've I've yeah, checked yeah. out more. Um so what else have you got coming up in the near future from both yourself as an artist, as a fail association, and on data drumming? What's what's in the pipeline? What's what can we see what can we expect soon? I'm supposed to do a CD for skeleton dust. That'll be the next thing. But I just got rid of not just, but recently got rid of all the stuff I was working on because I don't like it. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm revisiting that after me and Kevin go to Albuquerque to play a show. Uh, for his CD, we're doing a CD release. Well, speaking of that, huh? right here, there's the new TEF CD right there. Great. Yeah, it's called uh, called Rot. W R O U G H T. Yes. Uh, it's it's ready to go. We're just we're going to Albuquerque on October seventh to play a show as the CD release party. Great for him. And then we're coming back and then playing Denton as well on the Killing. Sunday. Uh, and we kind of segue from AFA to Dada, but uh, on Dada also is this. Yeah. Oh, hell the yeah. CD, the CD version of The Brain on War. So good. Just, just absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Those Long guys form. are nuts. 
Long form. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like all their stuff, but this is long form and it's yeah. completely, you know, not like the other stuff, yeah. but at the same time like it. Of course. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, and then after that, I've got Macronympha uh, live from Pittsburgh, which is going to be an LP. Cool. Uh, I'm hoping to have it out by the holidays, but I don't know if, if with pressing times it may not happen. But right. uh, and then there's a whole bunch of I, I've got a whole bunch of macro stuff that I need to work on yeah. for next year. Cool. Uh, he sent me a whole. This thing's full of Macronympha right here. Wow. He sent you the rec- recorder. I sent this to him and said, fill it up. And he sent it back, filled up. So with, he, the, with an SD card. he talked about that in the interview we did, but I didn't know it was actually a recorder like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I sent him that because I, I wanted him, I wanted him to record specifically for me for this stuff. And he did. And he, it's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I just got to put it together. He nice. gave me carte blanche to put it together. Killer. So we're, we're going to put a, put a macronifo record together for him. Great. And then uh, there's actually a Moat CD, which I need to do, which is one track, 60 minutes, which is it's just absolutely fantastic. It's called A Brain in the Dark Fog is the name yeah. of the track. The CD is called, um, oh, what is the CD called? CD is not the same as, as, oh, Kill the Sun is the name of the CD. Nice. And the, the track is called Brain in the Dark Fog, and it's just one long 60-minute track of Moat's brain. Yeah, Fumiyuki's brain. That's amazing. And then uh, that's Dada. And then there's miscellaneous stuff, which, like I said, I'm trying to get back to just doing what I was originally wanted to do, was me, Kevin, and maybe a few other things on the label. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just I, I'm just trying to keep it family oriented. Yeah. You know, just keep it in the family. Yeah. Uh, but you've been branching out a lot lately. You've been. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also cool. I, I lost what you. I lost you. you. You locked up. What did you say? You've been branching out though a lot lately with the label late, lately in terms of releases, different artists, different yeah. kind of. Yeah. Well, I'd always wanted to do something uh, noise core wise, power. You know, yes. as far as as far as that was concerned, so that's why I got uh, me and Uchi had, had talked for a long time. Yep. Uh, and I asked him to do to ask them to do a CD for me. I think that came out fucking fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Carlos is. Carlos obviously is an awesome artist, yeah. and his CD is really, really good. And he does a lot of artwork for me. Yeah, and he's been around for a long time. We've played together many times over the years. Cool. Uh, he's just—I mean—he ran uh, Pitch Phase, which was a fantastic label. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Carlos was Pitch Phase man. I didn't yeah. That. Okay. Yeah, he had, a, he had a, a, a project called Price Taggery in Houston, which is which was absolutely fantastic, and they used to do audio visual stuff. Cool. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the guy's fantastic. He's a fantastic artist. Very his cool. CD, is that's also on uh, Spotify. Yeah. Basically, all the CDs are, are are on Spotify and iTunes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, cassettes, I don't really put up besides the Wave of Mutilation one because that was a, a specific special package where it was sealed up. Right. So I, I gave people I gave people the option of of actually without having to break the package open because a lot of people don't like to break packages open. Let's right. be honest. I've yeah. got a few that I've never broken open yeah. that I own. I've never listened to. Yeah, they look great, but I'm not going to break the package. Uh, yeah. so I put that on Spotify and on Bandcamp for for anybody who wanted it. Yeah, that's cool. I would encourage anyone who's out there. You have such a great diverse catalog, and it's all in 
Spotify, which, you know, I think is a cool move. I think that's, you know, really nice to be able to listen to all that stuff. Just Yeah. The LPs, besides the Hiroshi Asagawa, mm-hmm. and the tapes, besides the Sunk Cost, Wave of Mutilation tape, none of those are on, okay. on digital. Because I respect the format. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're making something specifically for that. Uh, the Hiroshi one, I wanted that to be available digitally because it was just so good. Yeah. I mean, it just, it really, it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, 90 minutes worth of fucking noise from this guy. Double LP. And it's just absolutely fantastic. But, Dude, that's but super cool that he came from Japan and did a Texas-only tour. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you want to hear how that actually happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. A guy in, in Austin was trying to bring either him or incapacitants over, I think. And he had a GoFundMe up to do it, okay. to get money to do it. And I, I, I don't know how I found out about it. I think Robert actually texted me. He was like, hey, yeah, you see this? And, I, and so I was like, I was like, ah, don't do a GoFundMe for this. Let's just do it. Yeah. So I got in touch with the guy. I was like, listen, I'll pay for him to come over. I'll, I'll do it. And we'll do the black clip. And I, Richard, too. Because I think it was Richard and, and Hiroshi that originally that was the tour. I was like, I'll pay for these guys to come down. Cool. Uh, and I have told them both what was happening. They were fine with it. And then I said, well, we're, let's do a CD, too. So we did the CD yes. as well. Um, uh, so that's how that happened. So I, I got in contact with him, that guy. Uh, I can't remember his name now. But uh, I told him, listen, I'll pay for these guys to come over. Let's just do it. And let's just make it a tour you know, with me and Domikos and Kevin and, and the whole deal. So... Were you playing as Black Hood Jesus? Houston, uh, Garrett played a fantastic set. I wish it was longer. Cool. It was. It was. It, it was really, really. It was not noise. It was just vocals and oh. and, and sound. It was really, really good. They cut it short because he thought uh, there was somebody who had come who was supposed to play canceled, and so he could have gone for as long as he wanted. He didn't know it. I told him okay. I was like, "Hey, you could have kept going." I really wish you did. I love Garrett. I think he's great. Yeah, his stuff is great. Were you playing he on that tour? Loudest, loud, he played one of the loudest noise shows I've ever seen in my life at, in Denton, in a basement. And he had this PA, which is like, it had to be 2,000 amps. It was fucking huge, dude. And it was just like, <laughs> it was so loud. Everybody in there was like, oh my God. It was, it was great. What are some other like Texas live experiences that you can tell me about? Uh, well, I, the best Richard, Richard Ramirez show, hands down, that I ever saw was him, a microphone, and one pedal. It was absolutely fantastic. He, he just, he just, he just know, he knows how to get sound out of yeah. anything that he works with. Yeah. Uh, and he was just, and in fact, I think he was late. He was supposed to show up and play, and he was late. Yeah. And he just came in and, and just did the just bouncing the microphone on the concrete and with yeah. the pedal, and it, it really was. And there was like, it was like six people. It was like yeah. nobody. It was all around him. And it was just, I, I, it was so good, I still remember it to this day. Yeah. Uh, I saw Black Leather Jesus, you know, multiple times play. In fact, I saw them play in Dallas and Kevin, too, before I even knew, knew who they were. That's where I got that athlete CD, CDR, cool. from them. There, I, I didn't even know who they were. Didn't even oh. introduce myself. Just bought the stuff. Oh. Watched the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Did you ever see Taint see live? We, no, no. I was supposed to see him live, and he didn't show up. He didn't come. 
He didn't come. And the one time I could have seen him was the 2021 uh, Dead Audio Fest. I went to Houston specifically to go, to go to that show before I knew any of these people. Uh, and I got the flu. Oh. I got the flu, and I couldn't go. I, and I would have seen Stimbox, Taint. I mean, I, I regret it. To this day, I think about that. Like, I got the flu, and I, I mean, it was bad, too, and I was in bed. But uh, I missed that. So I never got to see Taint. And he was supposed to play a show that Larry from Steel Hook Prosthesis had set up, but he didn't show up. Okay. He didn't show up, or he didn't call one of the two, or something. I didn't, con- he, you know, he, or he said he wasn't coming, or I don't yeah. even think he told anybody he was coming. He just didn't, didn't show up. Okay. And, and Larry was like, "That's last time I invite him." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I never, even though we live 80 miles apart, I mean, I could, I could drive to his house in an hour if I really yeah. wanted to. I, I've never met him and never saw him live. Yeah. Yeah. He I think a lot of was, people didn't. Yeah, he truly was just under the radar. Yeah. You know, he existed. You know, yeah. you know he existed, yeah. but you didn't really see him. Yeah. Andy, I think Andy Goat worked with him for a while. Okay. They worked together. Yeah. So he knew him. Interesting. But no, I never never got to see Tank. Saw a lot of shows in Houston. I mean, we, I spent a lot of time in Houston between yeah. 2002 and 2006. I mean, that's generally where I always played was Houston. Houston was the noise capital of Texas. You For know, sure. as soon as when Richard left, everything went. Right. You know, yeah. They try to they try to keep it going in Austin, which they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But since Johnny left Austin, that kind of you know, same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, once once the main guy leaves, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to get get things happening. But I'll I'll be honest with you, the Hiroshima House of God Black Leather Jesus tour was really well attended. Really, there was a lot of people at all the shows. Even Denton, which I was surprised. I thought, actually, I think they thought Houston was going to be our worst, but that ended up being the best. I mean, that was that place was packed. Killer. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. A lot, of, a lot of shows in Houston all the time. In fact, I missed a whole bunch of them. But you know, I would try to come down as often as I could to either play or just see the shows. Like I drove once. Sam was coming through with somebody. I can't remember who. Back in 2010 or 2011, and I drove from here to Houston just to see him play, and then got in my car and drove back. Yeah, I spent six hours in the car just to see Sam play. Yeah, yeah that's warrior yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. Same night too. I didn't even sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I just came right back. Yeah, but there was a shit ton of shows in Houston, and Houston was really a hotbed of activity. Yeah. Do you think those times are over? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are for 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 noise in America in general, or just this. I'm not talking about Houston. I, but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that happens in you know the major metropolises, New York and stuff. But, but you don't see many people on the bills at New York shows, do you? You don't see Texas people on those shows. You don't see Texas people on the LA shows. You don't see they 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 keep stuff pretty local. You know, Texas is pretty local too. Yeah. Although we we try to we tried to bring a bunch of bunch of people here. And when people come, well, we'd always take care of them. You know, if you came, if you came to Texas and and, you, and I was there, you know, I would take care of you. you know, yeah. Hotels, money, you know, <laughs> ask people, they'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's important. Yeah. Uh, save my house. I'll, you yeah. Know, whatever, whatever you need. Uh, but I don't know how they do that other places. It's or super- if there's even a large. I, I've seen some shows like in L.A. and New York recently that they were advertised or had flyers and stuff and there was like you know 
70 artists or something. I don't know right. are those shows popular. Do the people show up? Uh, sure, sure. I mean, they, there was the Summer Scum Festival just uh-huh. this summer. Yeah, that's, what, that's the one I'm talking about that I yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. a big one they do every year, and they bring yeah. a lot of people in for that, for sure, uh-huh. from yeah. from around. Um, but um, I do want to commend you just in general. I think you're you're – you're saying something really important is just the the gesture of of paying artists money or at least if not paying doing something as a gesture of respect and reciprocation for what they do i think one thing that's quite interesting in europe that i've that's different from the situation in america is that if you play a show i haven't played that many but if you play a show um it doesn't really matter where it is or who it is, you show up and the people are going to have some food for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're they're going have, to have some pizzas and they're yeah. going to have a place for you to stay lined up and probably, you know, give you free reign of a, of a fridge with some beer in it or something like that. And yeah. I found in playing shows in the U.S. that was very rare. And... Yeah, you're on your own mentality, basically. You're, and, you're on and, your own. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that, that money is tight for everyone it kind of depends on what you do in your private life or your personal life what kind of income you have but at the same time at the end of the day 50 bucks or 100 bucks should be doable yeah you would think right and it makes a lot it makes a big difference to a touring artist just to have Mm -hmm. that gesture of hey here you go here's here's 50 bucks or here's 100 bucks or here's some you know and and it's and it's it's just the gesture isn't often made. I, I, I even heard recently of a, of an artist from that. Uh, I won't, you know, I respect for him. I won't name him, but I know he, he was playing in the States recently and he had a, he had a tour in the States, which I think was pretty good, but at uh-huh. a very big, well-attended show, he was not given anything from the door. And I just kind of thought, really? that's just insane to me. He should have been given. Did he? Was he the only European artist there on the show? Yeah. He should have been. Then he should have gotten the money. Yeah. He should have gotten all of it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, the locals should have been like, well, "Let's take care of this guy." You know. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing is that there isn't this kind of, there isn't enough of this kind of attitude. I don't think. Like, hey, let's, even if even if I'm going to operate a loss here, even if like, let's just take care of this person because yeah. I'm going to recover from it and I'll forget about it in. You know, a week. He won't. And he, he won't. won't. If, if you hand somebody three hundred dollars, yeah, cash, they're not going to forget it. But exactly. I tell you what, they're not. They're, but but I tell you, on the other end of the coin, if you let them play, and then at the end of the night they're going, and you don't come up with an envelope or hand them some cash, they're going to remember that shit too. Exactly. I wouldn't do anything with that person ever again. Yeah, I yeah, wouldn't. yeah. And it's and like I said, it's not about money. It's not. I mean, sometimes you. No, you it's don't, not even about the cash. It's not no. even about the money. It's no. it's the gesture. Yeah. It's 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 the fact that you you're trying to take care of somebody. Yeah, you have to. You have to take care of people. They come to your town and you don't take care of them. Yeah. Do people want to come to your town anymore? No. I mean, I guess if you live in a big cool city, you have that luxury of not giving a fuck. I know people. I know people too who've gone to other places. And come the end of the night, eh, you know. Yeah. Nothing. There's not. There's not an envelope. Being handed yeah. to you, yeah. You know, there's not, you know, there's not, you know, pizza waiting yeah. for you. Yeah. There's not this. There's not that. 
Well, I, yeah. So I just want to res- I want to I want to say I really respect that. I really admire that. And you know, Dada Drumming is a label that I have always just seen as kind of a symbol for true dedication, true authentic authentic belief and honest passion for noise and music and yeah. i i respect that in a big way i respect the way you operate and um i try to be honest with everybody you know i i, I do i do yeah but honest in terms of your 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 vision also for the label you release things yeah, yeah. yeah. you not you're not releasing some stuff that's just flavor of the week to be cool you're releasing stuff that you believe in that you like and yeah. whether or not it's the hot thing right now you put your money where your mouth is and you put that shit out and that's that's what i i think that's you know kind of when i when i asked you about what's the purpose of a label in my opinion that's what a label is for and you know you 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 kind of said that in your short answer it's putting out stuff that yeah. you like but it's like that's the point of yeah. a label is like not just kind of going through the ropes and putting out another tape by someone who's already really popular and being already and just getting another piece of the pie it's like no this is my this is my vision and this is an artist that i want you yeah. guys to see and i think that's yeah. that's what i always have seen by dot drumming and a high quality you know it's like the quality is always up there it's never I like so. i don't think there's ever been a bad release ever no. i mean there's been releases where nobody cared but right. i'll be honest with you. there's you know like there's some tapes that people just yeah whatever didn't yeah. care but it was always high quality stuff as far as i'm concerned the music Absolutely. always always Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think I've ever put out a bad thing. There's going to be people who probably will say I did at some point, and that's fine. But I personally don't think I ever put out a bad thing. So I I can stand on my own two feet and say I, I think I did the right thing all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. And like I said, when I, when when you were kind of reemerging and I was in kind of in touch with you, I told Luke Tandy, and he was super stoked. And he was like, you know, Dada Drumming is like a label for the true heads, and I I. I was like exactly, and that's I. I, pre- I appreciate that comment, really. I do. Yeah. I don't hear a lot. I don't hear a lot from people about anything. No, I, Luke, I just, was, Luke was like, "That's my. That's one of my favorite labels of all time," and he was so stoked. And you know, Will too. Will Will from from Word was was yeah. super stoked that he you know, he emailed me like kind of like out of the blue, like, "Do you know Dodd Drumming is back?" And I was like, "That's like." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so I just want to say I want to tip my hat to you and uh, yeah. say I'm going to break the rules right now. Number six, Weak Sisters. Tape. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Quality. a good one, yeah. Fantastic. C92. Love it. That's a, that's a great tape, and Will has been doing – Will has been killing it since he was 14 years old, you know? So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met him uh, – we played a show in in Arlington together yeah. back in 2010, I think, 2010. Yeah. He yeah. came through. He was touring, and he blew me away there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, other people's children, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got their early stuff. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I've always respected Will. Yeah. Well, cool. Do you anything else you'd like to to, to add or or tell people about that I maybe uh, missed or or that you'd like to share about upcoming activities or anything that you want to make known? Oh yeah, there is a. I'm I'm sorry, I did forget one thing. There is a neural uh, industrial mesoquista tape that I'm that I'm doing. Cool. Yeah, I've always. Always been a fan of, of industrial masochista. Maybe people don't know who he is or, or like him, but uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on he was on uh, was on a, a release with Big Brown Bodies. You ever you ever, you ever hear that? Perint. Uh, 
print. It, it was like ten copies, I think, with Richard Ramirez. Oh no, Priest and Shit. Okay. Uh, Justin Masterquista. I think it was More Max, More Mask One Fifty. Yep. And Piranha. Yeah. It called Big Brown Bodies. Like ten copies in a box. I got. Yep. I bought it in Houston. It was up. Richard obviously put it up there for uh, consignment. Yeah. But ever since ever since that tape, I've always thought, man, I need I need to do something for him. And Neural too. I've got a, a ton of old Neural stuff that I've collected over the years, and I've always been a fan of him. Yeah. And we just really like I said, I don't I don't email people cold call. I don't cold call people. Say, hey man, you want to do a release for me? Uh, it just happens organically eventually. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, Greg. Well, thank you so much for. Yeah, I hope, I hope I answered all your questions, and I hope I hope, uh, hope you've gotten a, a view you of what definitely happened. did. Yeah, and it was a pleasure to. I appreciate you. I, I I'll say you know, and don't edit this out. I appreciate you for what you do too, because you, like you said, you you try to get everything, and there's a lot of people who don't try to get everything, but you try to be the hub for uh, distribution. In in Europe in the UK, and I think I think you're doing a pretty good job of it. I try to dis- I try to make it about distributing, not about yeah flipping yeah, yeah, yeah. or about uh, necessarily my yeah. own tastes. Even it's about seeing yeah. people doing stuff that I think is yeah. respectful. Well, that's apparent, and that's I just apparent. want to distribute it. It's your, it's, yeah, you're not trying to flip. You're, you're not. Oh, I'm gonna get 15 of these. And I'm gonna sell them, and then, you know, no problem. No, you're like, all right, yeah, I'll just I'll get these, you know, and we'll sell them eventually. And that's yeah. the way it should. We'll we'll sell them eventually. Exactly, exactly. And stuff yeah. sells. I mean, every, everything everything that I'm sitting on that I've thought, oh, this will never. How will I ever move these copies? Yeah, a couple years later, or they're they're gone. So I mean, and there's people discovering noise all the time. There's people discovering. Yeah, there are coming there are. to noise as new fans all the time. There's people getting back into it. There's people going through and it. You know what? And that's why I can understand the whole push to reissue everything. Yeah. Because there are, there's all, it's it always cycles. You know, there's exactly. always new people coming in. There's people going out and new people coming in. And, you know, they didn't get, you know, that limited to 50 incapacitance tape back in 1996, you know, or whatever. Uh, exactly. And, yeah, or the 150 L, copy LP, you know, from back then. So exactly. I can see there's a market for releasing it, for re-releasing that stuff. I personally don't do it, but you know, I can I can understand why why it is. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, I mean, I, I'm younger, and I also got into noise in the mid 2000s, so I missed that stuff, and and I don't have the yeah. money to track it down and pay crazy prices for it. Yeah. So I'm really happy when someone puts out a, a CD. I try to still. I mean, edition. there's people who there's people who are gonna who are gonna gouge it. They will. They, they know what they have. Yeah, I know exactly. what I have. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, I I if I if I if I had a lot of disposable income, I would probably get into that. You know, just yeah. tracking out all the all the stuff, but I don't. So I mean, I love when someone puts out, "Hey, this is a this is a masterpiece from '95 that you used to not be able to find anywhere, and here it is on a CD for ten to twelve bucks, and you can get it and hear it." And it's like, that's for me, that's worth a lot. That's that's yeah, that should be happening pay simultaneously. The, pay, the guy, pay the guy though for it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> pay the, yeah. Exactly. Hey. Cool, Greg. Well. Make I was a little fatter for that work they did back then. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you and talk to you. And um, Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it. Really, I do. Take care, and we'll talk soon. All right, sir.